Okay, so actually I'm going to mute everyone and then we'll get started. Feel free to unmute, to question or comment. Okay, so today I want to talk a bit about the concept that is uh, first appears in the Navi, in the prophet Yeshaya, um, where we find a number of uh, important details and aspects of Shabbos. And the focus today will be Vidaber Davar, um, which literally means you, you will speak words. Um, and uh, in the context of the verse, I guess, let's read the verse and we'll see. The verse says, it's in Yeshaya, Isaiah, Parak, and Fast chapter 58, it says, Im tashiv If you restrain your foot because of Shabbos, asos and from performing your affairs, biyom kadshi, on my holy day, vikarasa la Shabbos oneg, and you call Shabbos a delight, the honored one for the holy one for Hashem and honored. And you honor it from um, doing your going your own ways. From pursuing your own needs and affairs. And speaking words. So in the context of the verse, actually, speaking words is you are restraining from speaking certain words on Shabbos. So then I didn't put it on the source sheet, but if we do all this, so then the next verse says, then uh, Shabbos will be a delight uh, or you'll delight in, in God um, and uh, you'll be rewarded with the, the, the portion of Jacob, the whole thing. So, so uh, these are understood to be instructions for how we are to conduct ourselves on Shabbos, in addition to what it says in the Torah itself, in the Chumash, um, in the Ten Commandments and other places that uh, were to guard the Shabbos, not to do Malacha. But additionally, there's other things mentioned in this verse. And our focus today is Vidabir Davar, that we are to restrain ourselves from speaking words. Now, what does that mean? So the Gemara, the Talmud in Shabbos, 113, a 113b, it says, um, it goes to each part of this verse, and uh, first it says, um, from uh, attending to your affairs. So the Gemara says, the Talmud says, that your own affairs are forbidden to deal with on Shabbos, but but the affairs of, of the heavens are permitted. Now Rashi explains for us on the Gemara there, that what that means is that uh, you can't, um, let's say, go out and uh, and check over your field on Shabbos. Of course, you can't plant on Shabbos, but you can't even attend to your affairs by going out and checking your field for, you know, actively checking what I need to do. This is actually relevant for a person for their garden. A person wants to walk through their garden on Shabbos, so it's okay as long as they're just doing it for the enjoyment. But if they're doing it to check what needs to be done, so that, that would run into um, into uh, a problem with this, that we're not to attend to our weekday affairs on Shabbos. However, affairs of heaven are permitted. So you can, even though you can't actually give charity, you can't give tzedakah on Shabbos, but one can talk about it, one can plan it, because that is the affairs of heaven. That's a mitzvah. 
that uh, one is doing. And then it says, the Gemara continues and it talks about the words that we're to restrain ourselves from the way we speak on Shabbos. And all the Gemara tells us is the way you speak on Shabbos should not be the way that you speak during the week. And that's really all it tells us. And the rest is up to the commentaries to figure out what the exact intent of that is. So we know, though, from this passage in the Gemara that we're, and from the, this verse in Yeshaya and Isaiah that we're not to speak on Shabbos the way we speak on the weekday. So what we're going to do now is actually enter a bit of the halachic discussion, the practical, what we're allowed to speak about, what we're not supposed to speak about. And even though this class doesn't focus on the halacha, but what I want to do is, uh, is really um, use that to, to understand the deeper, to really develop what, what is it practically, and then what is the idea behind this, and, uh, and see how it integrates beautifully into the practice. You know, okay, you don't talk on Shabbos like you do during the week, but why? Where does that come from? What's the deeper understanding of that and how it um how it jives, how it uh, is synthesized with the practical uh, halacha of how it plays out. So uh, so there's a discussion here. So what does it mean that you shouldn't speak on Shabbos the way that you speak during the week? So that's what the Gemara says, but we don't know exactly what that means. So Rashi says that what it means is one shouldn't discuss business on Shabbos or make business calculations. You don't talk business on Shabbos. That's Rashi's comment. Now, the later commentaries like Tosmos and uh, other medieval commentaries that came after Rashi, they have a bit of a problem with this because we just read in the Gemara two things. We said there's Mimitzoch which we said is attending to your affairs. And then there's Vidaber Dabar, restraining the way we speak. So we don't attend to our affairs and we don't and we don't speak on Shabbos the way we do during the week. So so if 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 Rashi is correct, that what it means, don't speak on Shabbos the way you do during the week, means don't speak about business. Well, doesn't that fall under the previous um, line, not to attend to your own affairs on Shabbos? So that's already covered. So it must mean something else, they say. So what does it mean? What is it that one is not supposed, to, you're certainly not supposed to speak about uh, your business affairs, but that's already covered in so what does Daber Daber to restrain the way we speak on Shabbos mean? So Tosos quotes a Midrash. This uh, idea also appears in the Yerushalmi, the Jerusalem Talmud, that says as follows. The Midrash says um, that Rib Shimon ben Yochai had a old either mother or grandmother um, who would speak a lot. Uh, she talked a lot and uh, and I guess it was Shabbos. And he told his, uh, it says, Ima Safta. That's what he calls her. So I assume it's a grandmother. It might mean an older mother or a grandmother. We'll just say it was his grandmother. He told his, one time on, on, on Shabbos, he told his grandmother, it's Shabbos. You, should, uh, you shouldn't talk so much. That's what, uh, that's what the, the, the Midrash recounts, that Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai told his grandmother. So uh, the implication is, that we're simply not supposed to talk so much on Shabbos. We are supposed to, when it says you shouldn't speak on Shabbos the way you do during the week, what it means, says Tosos, is we just shouldn't talk as, we shouldn't speak as much on Shabbos. 
we should be more careful about how we use our words on Shabbos than we do during the week. Um, others, others learn like this as well. Um, the way the Me'iri says it, the Me'iri is another medieval commentator. The way that he says it is, we shouldn't waste words and speak a futile things on Shabbos. Um, certainly not of business matters, but even of, uh, even of just non-business matters, but rather we should speak about in words of Torah. And if a person can't speak in words of Torah, they just don't have the, the knowledge, etc. So he says, so talk about the wonders of God. Talk about the beauty of the world that God created. Um, talk about the commandments, even if you don't have the specific, uh, you know, Torah discussion to have, but, but speak productively, speak about, you know, I guess, spiritually productively, speak about the wonders of God, speak about the mitzvahs that you know, whatever one knows. So that's the, uh, that's the Meiri. So we have so far two ideas. One is that Rashi says we're supposed to, uh, we shouldn't speak about business matters, and uh, and and uh, the later commentaries add that uh, it's not just that, but even one should limit the way they speak in general on Shabbos. Don't talk too much. And uh, Meiri says, don't speak about uh, weekday affairs. Don't speak about the mundane, and uh, rather speak about Torah and speak about the wonders of God, etc. Um. <laughs> the there may be there may be an exception to this. Um, one of the what we call the later Rishonim, the later of the medieval commentaries, the Truma Sadeshen, uh, discusses a question. He's he talks about something that still happens today. He wrote about this in uh, probably the 14th or 15th century. Um, but uh, still, we still have it today. The idea of the Kiddush. I don't mean, you know, making Kiddush. I mean, you go to Kiddush. And what do you do at Kiddush after Shul? You schmoozed. You talk. And uh, and he was asked, you know, you find people, even people are meticulous about their observance. Yet on Shabbos, they gather together after Shul. And they talk about uh, the news and politics. And uh, this is what he says. He says they talk about the kings and the officers and the, and the wars that are going on. Politics, right? The same politics 500 years ago. And, uh, and he says, is this a problem or not? That was, that was the question that, 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 that was posed. Um, he actually wrote his own questions. And uh, that's the question that he poses. And he says, yeah, indeed, this could be a problem. One should be careful not to talk politics, not to talk about the mundane on Shabbos. Um, based on what we just said, we don't speak about vidaber daber. We're to limit what we speak about and not speak about the mundane on Shabbos. And uh, and he quotes you know, everything that we just said. You know the 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 idea in the midrash and the Yerushalmi, Rabbi Bar, Bar Yochai telling his grandmother, you know, at Shabbos you shouldn't talk so much. And uh, and uh, and he says, so, so indeed, one should, one should be careful about what they talk about on Shabbos. However, then he says, but if people get enjoyment out of it, so it's oneg for them, it's pleasurable to, to schmooze and to talk politics. So then he says that, uh, he says, as it is for many people, he says that it's permitted because 
These now we don't allow anything for if it's pleasurable on Shabbos. Doesn't mean we can uh, violate the the thirty nine malachos. But these specific halachos that we're talking about here, these specific laws that have to do with how we walk on Shabbos and what we what we uh, and uh, and limiting our speech at least for these, he proves that uh, if it's enjoyable to a person, then it is actually permitted. And so he says, you really have to know if you actually enjoy it, then it's permitted. If you don't enjoy it and you're just doing it for, uh, for you know, uh, peer pressure or whatever it might be, so then uh, it should not be it should not be done. It would not be permitted because of this restriction of the daber daber that we're not supposed to talk on Shabbos the way that we do during the week. Um, there's one other uh, relevant passage that has to do with how we speak on Shabbos, and this I put on the source sheet. It's the third source. Um, the, the Gemara, the Talmud again says that Rabbi Yehuda said in the name of Shmuel, it's permitted for a person to say to his friend, I'm going to a certain place tomorrow. And why is it permitted? Because if there were small guardhouses, he would be permitted to walk there. What's going on here? So what the Gemara is really implying is, and, and it relates to, to what we said before, that we're not allowed to speak. Not only can we not do melacha on Shabbos, we can't, we can't uh, work, we can't do the 39 um, constructive activities, but we can't even speak about them on Shabbos. We are not to talk about um, the melachos, and we can't say, for example, tomorrow on Sunday I'm going to drive to New York or whatever it might be, um, because that is speaking about a melacha, driving. But what this Gemara is telling us is what you are allowed to say is tomorrow I'm going to New York, even though, uh, you know, obviously the way people get to New York is they they drive, they take the train, wherever it might be. But if you didn't say it, so then it's okay because that doesn't, you didn't mention something that uh, is forbidden on Shabbos. And so you say I'm going because you could technically walk there. Now, one second, though, we have a halacha that uh, that you're not allowed to walk so far on Shabbos, even though you're allowed to walk, but there's something called the tchum. The tchum is that uh, one is only allowed to go 2,000, almost 2,000 cubits, about, uh, you know, uh, three to 4,000 feet um, outside the city, beyond the city limits. So, uh, so maybe saying I'm going to New York itself is forbidden. So the Gemara says no, because technically there could be a way that it could be permitted to walk there if there were little uh, huts along the way that would extend the city. You know, if every 70 amos or so, there was another hut. So then uh, every 70 cubits or there's another hut, you'd be allowed to walk. So since it's there's a possible way that it could be permitted to walk there, so it would be permitted to say, um, to, to even on Shabbos, to say I'm going to such and such a city um, tomorrow. That's if it's actually possible to walk there. And uh, even if those huts aren't there, but there's technically a way. Okay, that's kind of a technical point. But the point is that the, this, this, this really highlights, um, by inference, an additional halacha, which is we're not supposed to talk about melacha. Um, this is part of the daber daber, restraining what we speak about on Shabbos. We're not supposed to t- talk about um, anything that's forbidden on Shabbos. But if there's te- a technical way that it could be permitted, so then it would be permitted to speak about it. Okay, so uh, so rounding out the practical 
halacha of this then, we have um, in the Shulchan Aruch, in the Code of Jewish Law, the following. The Shulchan Aruch says, Vidaber daber, that we are to restrain the way we speak on Shabbos. And it quotes the Gemara that the way that we speak on Shabbos should not be the way we speak during the week. What does that mean? Says the Shulchan Aruch, therefore, it is forbidden for somebody to say, I'm going to do such and such tomorrow if such and such involves any melacha, like we just said. One can't say I'm going to drive, I'm going to plant, whatever it might be tomorrow, um, or business. One can't talk about business. And then he adds, and even just talking about the mundane, it's forbidden to speak too much about. So uh, now the, the implication, he's, he says that you can't speak too much about it. You can speak a little bit about it. But really in that story with uh, Rabbi Shimbar Yochai and his grandmother, she was really just talking too much. It was overdone. You shouldn't speak so much of the mundane. Um, but a little bit seems to be permitted. And then the Ramah, Ramosha Israel listing his glasses adds, but if a person gets enjoyment from it, like we said, so then one is allowed to talk about the mundane on Shabbos because it brings, if it brings them oneg, if it brings them pleasure on Shabbos. Now the commentaries point out that this idea of not speaking about the mundane is not strict law. It's uh, what we would call Midas chasidus, it's a, it's a, it's a stringency that's, uh, you know, that it's a pious stringency, but it's not required. And uh, however, the, uh, the, to, to speak about actual malacha, actual things that are forbidden, so that is actually prohibited on Shabbos. So we have two aspects of Vidabradavar, we have th- that which we're supposed to restrain ourselves from speaking on Shabbos. We have um, that we shouldn't speak about actual melacha on Shabbos. And secondly, we have this additional stringency that really we should limit the way that we speak in general. And uh, we should limit our, our discussion of things that are mundane on Shabbos. And like the Me'iri said, on the flip side, we should use our mouths to speak in words of Torah you know, especially on Shabbos, and uh, and if we can't speak in Torah all day, so speak about the wonders of God, um, etc. Okay, so that's the practical. Now, why? What is this all about? What's the deeper understanding of this? And what I would suggest is we're going to see two ideas. We're going to discuss two ideas about what the meaning behind restraining our mouths on Shabbos is. And I think one of them will explain why we shouldn't speak about malacha. And one of them will explain in general why we um, are supposed to elevate our speech on Shabbos, you know, and, uh, and restrain ourselves from even speaking in the mundane and try to focus on the, uh, on the spiritual. So, uh, so the first idea is as follows. Um, the the Torah in Bereshis at the beginning of the creation story, a verse that we've read numerous times. So it says, chapter two, verse two, that and God completed the work that He had done, and He rested and He rested from all the work that He had done. So God creates the world, and then He rests from all the work that He had done. All the melacha that he had done. Now, if I were to ask you, what did God do to create the world? What melacha did God do to create the world? 
Well, if you go back to Horatius, you have actually, and this is the, a Mishnah really in Avos that highlights this, that the world was created with Asara Ma'amaros, with 10 statements, right? God said that there be light. God said this, God said that. That's how the world came into existence. So God rested from all the work that he had done, but he didn't actually do any work to create the world. All God did was he spoke. Um, right? He said, and it was, or we say in, in the morning prayers, Blessed is the one who, who said, and the world came into existence. God created the world not through action, not through work, but simply through speech. And so when God rested, so what did he actually rest from? All that God rested from was speech. So that's our first uh, entry point, right, into this idea that if God rested from speech, from creative speech, so it seems that we, when we rest, we should also rest from our creative speech. So even though the idea of vidaber davar is derived, of restraining from the way we speak is derived from a verse in Yeshaya, in Isaiah, but it's already alluded to, it's hinted to here in Beratius, in the Torah itself, when it says that God rested from uh, from all the work that he had done. Other comments, so, so this is a number of commentaries make this, this point in different ways. The Tzor Hamor, Rabbi Avram Saba, who was a 15th century um, he, he was actually in, in Spain. He was uh, he was uh, he was kicked out of Spain, exiled from Spain um, in the Inquisition. Um, that's the Tzor Hamor. The Maharsha commentary on uh, on on this passage in the Gemara, he he adds another point, which is that if you look at uh, at at um, <clears throat> well, actually, he mentions this verse that we said. He says that he rested from the work that he had done. It's almost as if it's saying that the words that God spoke were like action, and so and so the. The idea is, he says, that uh, when one speaks about melacha, it's almost like action. Because when God spoke about melacha, when God spoke about creating, so it it it, it happened, and 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 the Torah describes that as asher asah, that God had done it was action. Similarly, we have this is pointing out by the Shulah Hakadosh that he says the way he says it is. Um, he quotes a passage in the Gemara. How do we know that dibur, that speech, is like maisa, is like deed? How do we know that speech can be like deed? Because it says, Bidvar Hashem shamayim nasu. With the words of God, the heavens were made, were formed. And uh, with the word of God, the heavens, the heaven was formed, was made. And it was nasu, was made, which, is, which implies action. So dibur, bidvar Hashem, with the word of God, you have Masa, you have deed, you have action. And he says, says the Shlach, Shlach Kadosh, that the idea is that uh, this idea, just like one needs to rest from melacha, from actual constructive activity, so too one rests from dibor, from speech, because dibor is like, um, is like Masa. When it came to the creation, God's dibur was like mass. God's speech was like uh, was like actual um, creation, actual action. Action. So therefore, we rest from dibur as well. 
So, uh, so this to me is the idea of not speaking about melacha on Shabbos. That aspect of the daber daver. The idea is that just as God rested from speech about melacha, speech about creative activity, so too, and that and and that creative that speech was like melacha itself was like the creative activity itself. So too, we're to rest from that. But what about the other side? The second aspect of the Daver Daver, where we say, don't just limit our speech um, regarding creative activity, but limit our speech in general, or at least limit it from the mundane, and it should be elevated on Shabbos, and we should focus on, on Torah and the like. So... So for this, I, this I think relates to a different idea that you find in, we find in the commentaries regarding vidaber daber, regarding the way that we're to speak on Shabbos, and uh, and this this comes from another verse in chapter two of Bereshis, and there it says this is verse seven. It's on the it's on the source sheet. I didn't put the verse in the English side, but I put the translation. It says, "And Hashem formed man." of earth from the dust of the ground. And God breathed into man, into Adam, a neshama, a soul of life. And man became a living being. So God breathes a soul into man and he becomes a living being. Now there's a very, very well-known comment of the Targum Unkos, of the Aramaic translator Unkos on this verse, oft quoted, very important, where he comments that what does it mean that God breathed on the Shama into man and he became a living person? Says the Unkos, I put it on the source sheet, the very last words, you can see, that man became a speaking spirit. A speaking spirit. A ruach nemala means someone with the ability to speak. In other words, the significance, according to the Targum Unkos, of Getting the of having the neshama breathed into us, um, what made us what 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 made us unique, and uh, and uh, and what made us a nefesh taya, living uh, being, a different type of living being was our ability to speak. And so the uh, the commentary say that uh, that. If the neshama is what gives us the ability to speak, um, and you have this intense uh, connection between our ability to speak and our soul, um, so then on Shabbos, where we have a neshama yesera, like we discussed in the first class, I think, a added soul, an extra soul, an additional soul, like the Gemara tells us, Again, what that means, it could mean literally like a second soul. Some say that that's not what it means. It means you have a heightened connection to your soul. You have a, uh, our soul is strengthened on Shabbos. So if that's the case, so then our, our ability to speak in a certain way is, is heightened, um, but also requires greater sensitivity and greater care. Um, so because our, we have this intense, uh, 
double neshama, neshama yeseira, this extra, extra neshama on Shabbos, which strengthens our, our speech. So we have to take extra care and of, of that neshama. And therefore, if we, if we, the more, prob, if our speech is problematic, so it would, it would impact our neshama in a, in a negative way. If our speech is positive, if our speech is uh, is holy, so then it will in, impact our neshama in a positive way, and uh, and that's a second aspect of vidabar davar. Nothing to do with God resting from speech. That's the first aspect of it. The second aspect of of vidabar davar of restraining and and taking care in the way we speak on Shabbos is because of our neshama yaseir, our added neshama. Um, our double neshama, so to speak, our double soul, which doubles our speak, speaking ability um, and also doubles the impact of the way that we speak on our soul. Um, this idea can perhaps help us understand a unique halacha when it comes to Shabbos regarding um, Maser. So the Mishnah in Demai Maser is a tithe. And uh, the Mishnah in Tractate Demai, Demai deals with um, with the laws of, 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 of Maser. If one requires fruit from someone who's not necessarily trustworthy to have tied their fruit. So, uh, so in general, if one requires Maser, if, sorry, if one requires fruit from someone who we don't know that they, we, we don't know if we can trust that they tied their fruit. So we're required to that this is relevant in, in Israel, um, even nowadays, um, but uh, but not relevant. There's no tithing. There's no mass there on fruit outside of Israel, but uh, but there is in Israel. Um, so the Mishnah teaches us that if one buys fruit from someone who is not trustworthy um, for tithes, and uh, and and then forgot to tithe, it, one is supposed to tithe it, but uh, themselves. But if one forgot to, and then it's Shabbos. So there's a problem with tithing fruit on Shabbos. So uh, so here, we make an exception. And we say that if you go to the person you bought it from, and you ask them, did you tithe the fruit? If they say yes, the Mishnah says, um, you can rely on their word, and you can eat the fruit. Now, during the week, that would not be the case. During the week, if you uh, if you buy someone who's not trusting on miser, even if they say they tied that they took the miser from the fruit, we are required to to do it you know to to do it just in case because we don't know if we can trust them. However, on Shabbos, now we're stuck. We can't do it. You're not supposed to tithe on Shabbos, um, but but we're stuck. But yet, and the Mishnah says if you go to them and they say that they did it, you can you can trust them. Why? Why are we allowed to trust them? specifically on Shabbos. So the, the Talmud and the Yerushalmi and the Jerusalem Talmud asks this question. And uh, the Talmud has two, two suggestions. Um, the first one is it's out of Kavod Shabbos, out of the honor of Shabbos, that uh, I guess we want to make sure that we have what we need on Shabbos. We're a little bit more lenient. That's the first answer. The Gemara, the Talmud has a question on that answer. The second answer the Gemara gives, the Talmud says is, Talmud Yerushalmi is, Rabbi Bibi b'shem Rabbi Chanina. Rabbi Bibi in the name of Rabbi Chanina said, Amos Shabbos Olav. You know why you can believe somebody on Shabbos is because the fear of Shabbos is upon them 
And he tells the truth. So somebody who is normally not trusted during the week is regarding the, whether they tie their fruit on Shabbos is trust because the fear of Shabbos is on them and they will speak the truth. They're afraid to lie for some reason. And uh, and that's all we know, basically. You know, there's not, didn't see much, uh, much more, um, much more explanation than that. But perhaps it relates to what we're saying. Because on Shabbos, a person has a neshama, you say, or they have an extra neshama. And therefore, they're extra careful about the way that they speak. And, uh, and there's different aspects of how we speak. There's uh, not speaking the mundane. There's also not speaking falsehood. There's also only speaking the truth. And, and because we are, uh, we are entrusted with this extra neshama, this extra ability of speech, and extra sensitivity. So, uh, so not only are we instructed, therefore, to be careful how we speak, but maybe there's even a, you can almost call it subconscious, this or it's the conscience, it's the, it's the neshama, it's the soul that directs us on Shabbos to actually speak in a, in a more truthful way. And we can trust specifically on Shabbos, somebody who's not normally trustworthy, they can be trusted on Shabbos. Um, The, the idea would be then to take this uh, care that we have on Shabbos, this extra sensitivity um, about the way that we speak, and to try to carry it over into the week. We mentioned in a previous class that Shabbos is the fourth of the Ten Commandments, and we mentioned that uh, the commandments on the, let's call them the right side of the tablets, correspond to the commandments on the left side of the tablets. So, uh, and therefore the, the, the commandment, there's a relationship between each of the commandments. So, for example, um, I am the Lord your God is number one to believe in God. And that corresponds to do not murder because when one murders someone, they don't recognize the godliness in that person. It says, don't have any other gods. Second commandment that corresponds to don't commit adultery. Same kind of concept of, of, of dedication to one. Um, when it comes to Shabbos, so Shabbos corresponds to the eighth commandment. Shabbos being the fourth commandment will correspond to, sorry, the ninth commandment um, on, the, uh, on the other side. The ninth commandment is um, one should not swear falsely. Um, one may not swear falsely. Now, we mentioned in the past the relationship that the Midrash speaks at, that they both have to do with the testimony. Sorry, not one should not swear falsely. One should not bear false testimony. Sorry, that's what I meant to say. One should not bear false testimony. And, uh, and we mentioned in the past that Shabbos is a testimony. It testifies that God created the world, and that's the relationship between, that's what the Midrash says, that's the, if one does not observe the Shabbos, then they are testifying falsely about God not creating the world as opposed to when one observes the Shabbos, they testify truthfully that God created the world. That's what the Midrash says. The Kliyakar wants to suggest a different connection, and it relates to what we've been saying. Says the Kliyakar that we have an instruction on Shabbos, to restrain and restrict the way that we speak on Shabbos, 
to not speak on Shabbos the way that we speak during the week. And he says that the reason is that, like we suggested, like we said, that although when we perform actions, we do so with our hands and our feet, etc., but God's actions were done with his speech. He said he spoke and the world came into existence. And he says, so when a person rests on Shabbos and doesn't do any malacha with uh, with our um, with if we just restrict if we only restrict ourselves from acting with our hands, etc., from doing constructive activities with our hands, we're not really resting the same rest as God um, who rested in the way he spoke. And so he says, therefore, like we said, this restriction on our speech comes and, and, and says that we should also rest the way God rests and we shouldn't speak on Shabbos um, the way we do um, during the week. And he says, through this, through remembering the Shabbos and uh, sanctifying the way that we speak on Shabbos, so... The result, hopefully, will be that it will carry over into the week. And that, uh, again, we, we were, like we've said, we have a higher expectation on Shabbos. We're specifically saying, don't speak on Shabbos the way you do during the week, because during the week, much of this is okay. It's okay during the week to uh, speak about milacha. It's okay during the week to speak about politics. You know, again, of course, we want to speak in Torah as much as possible, but we don't have the same... Uh, the same expectation during the week as we do on Shabbos. But, uh, but, but at least he says the rest of the week, um, we should, uh, we should take the, the lesson of, uh, uh, of the importance of, of, of controlling our speech and, uh, and try to sanctify the way that we do during the week. And he says, that's the connection to, the corresponding commandment, the ninth commandment. The ninth commandment is do not bear false testimony. Do not bear false testimony. Do not lie. Do not, do not speak falsehood, ultimately, is what it comes down to. But it's, it's, the, it's the controlling the way that we speak. And so the lesson of the connection between the fourth commandment, Shabbos, and the ninth commandment of not to bear false testimony, according to the Kliyakar, is this very point, is the Vidabur Dabur aspect of Shabbos, the restraining and being careful about the way that we speak on Shabbos should carry over into the week. And we should be careful about what comes out of our mouth, even during the week. So, uh, so in summary, um, we, uh, we have a commandment regarding Shabbos that uh, is derived from the prophets, from the Navi, from Yeshaya, from the verse that says, to restrain the way that we speak. But we already see that it's at least hinted to in the Torah itself, because the Torah says God rested from creating the world, from all that he had done, and what God had done was speaking. And so if our rest is to reflect um, the rest of God, so it's not just a rest from physical activity, it should be a rest, it should be a seizing of also certain speech patterns on Shabbos as well. And in the practical halacha, it plays its wits its, itself out in two ways. One is a you know absolute prohibition of speaking um, about melacha, about uh, plans, intents to do melacha during the week. Um, 
if it was for a mitzvah, that's more of a discussion. That's a, that's d- d- disputed whether you can speak about malacha for the sake of a mitzvah after Shabbos. Um, but, uh, but the, in general, we're not to speak about malacha that we, 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 we plan to do. Um, that's, that's number one. And two is just in general to, uh, to, to speak in, in an elevated fashion on Shabbos. And, uh, and what I'm suggesting today is these two ideas are reflected, reflect really of two aspects of the Dabra Dabra. One is the idea of, of just as God sees from, from speaking in creative ways, um, so to were to seize speaking in that way, that's the restriction on speaking about Malafa. A okay, second aspect is that on Shabbos, we have a, a neshama yaseira. We have this additional neshama. We have this extra neshama. With the extra, the, the, the significance of neshama, one major significance is that it makes us a ruach namala. It makes us a speaking being. The, the ability to speak is absolutely intertwined with the soul. And therefore on Shabbos, when we have a heightened neshama, we have to have heightened sensitivity in the way that we speak. We should... Um, be more careful about uh, what we speak about. And like the Me'iri said, try to speak in Torah, try to speak about the, the wonders of God, whatever we can, and uh, but not to speak of the mundane, certainly not to uh, speak falsehood. And we, we mentioned that people's on Shabbos are, are relied on more, more trustworthy. And finally, that we should then carry that into the week with the, as, as is reflecting in the, in the commandment, that corresponds to Shabbos on the other side of the tablets, do not bear false testimony that during the week we should also be careful about the way that we speak. Okay. Thank you very much, Rabbi.